You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ 750 AM. We are Element of Programming of Catholic Chicago. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And with me remotely... Uh, Timothy Johnston in the Office of Divine Worship for the uh, Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Washington. And uh, uh, a former... Uh, editor at LTP here in Chicago, but and still connected to LTP, so we are still connected here on Focus on the Liturgy. It's good to see you, Timothy. It's good to see you as well. We are here every fourth Wednesday of the month, and our show does exactly what the title implies. We spend uh, an hour breaking open, exploring, discussing all elements of the corporate, communal, uh, prayer life of the church, the liturgical life of the church. We talk about the seasons, we talk about uh, the sacraments, various liturgies, um, and today we are going to talk about the connection of liturgy and the call for peace in our world today. Much needed right now, Timothy. Yeah, much needed with with uh, everything going on in Ukraine, and we know that the Holy Father has asked us, um, if we look back to Ash Wednesday and the, and the few weeks here that we've had in the Lenten season, that we've been asked as a, as a community of faith uh, to unite our prayers with his, um, as we call for peace, and, and our, that our fasting and our prayer, our almsgiving, whatever that might be, um, be connected uh, to this prayer for peace. And And, and with that, with that is, uh, I think, a, a very uh, strong reminder to us, the faithful, that indeed we have the responsibility to pray and for these specific needs in war and in justice and humanity, but that also the reminder that our prayers matter that prayers make a difference. Exactly. Yeah, they aren't just uh, sort of play acting, but they they make a difference. Uh, and, and making a difference in the sense that, that it's not just my prayer, but when we come together, whether it be at the liturgy itself or in my home, that they're united into this, this voice, uh, this unified voice around the world with the angels and the saints. And that is a pretty, a pretty powerful storming of heaven, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> yes. And, and, and it's, I think it's also a good reminder for us, and, and this is where w- w- the first part of their sh- our show is going to uh, focus on. Uh, the, we, I think we forget that the liturgy itself already is a prayer for peace. The, the liturgy itself is already oriented toward peace, unity, uh, the, the, the the gathering of the human family, right? I mean, look how often, look how often our texts talk about family. Eucharistic prayer three, hear the prayers of the family you have gathered before you, right? Well, you just made me think of, because um, it, it's exactly right. Even that entrance song, that gathering song, is about the unity of the community that's gathering. So it, it, from the very beginning, that Eucharistic prayer three, as you just named it, the whole experience, the liturgical rite is designed that we come as we are as individuals with whatever it is. And that through that song at the very beginning, the very first act that we do publicly communally is to unite our one voice, 
our heart and our mind, as Augustine says, on our way to God, right? And in, in the beginning of his rule. And and so, yeah, it, it is a model of peace. It is the prayer of Christ, as we've we've talked about on this show many times, and that we unite our voice in that prayer. We unite ourselves to that prayer of Christ. And so it isn't Timothy's prayer. It's not Todd's prayer. It is the community of faith's prayer. And that it's prayer, the because it's about prayer. the human the, the family's, family's prayer, right? Yeah. And right. That's a, that's a good point to even make, uh, Todd. It's not just the Catholic church's prayer um, oh in the gosh. sense of. Oh, my goodness. It, yes. It, yes. It, it is the prayer of of Christ. So it is the church. Like when you think about it in that sense, um, it is the church's prayer. Um, and, and then, so yeah, yeah, even, even, even in other aspects of the opening, right. Of the introductory rites, this prayer for peace, that is the liturgy. That is always the liturgy. Um, I mean, look, look at the, uh, the penitential act. You are mighty God. You are mighty God and Prince of peace. Lord have mercy. It's it, yeah. we from the very start of the liturgy, we hear this 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 prayer of peace, and 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 even that is a different way of looking at it. I think right. It's not just prayer for peace, but it is, it is Christ's prayer of peace. Right, because what what you were mentioning or what you said just a little bit ago about the unity um, of of the family that's gathered and and whatnot is that when we are present, it is about not only transforming us, but it's about transforming the life of the world yeah. is what we're doing. And that is a transformation into being more and more the kingdom of God revealed in this time, in this place. So it's that both and not yet. And if we think about like what Isaiah talks about, what that is going to look like, what we hear in Revelation, the peace of God uh, is going to reign at that final day, right? Uh, it is peace will overcome. So what we're rehearsing in this life and trying to build up and to make known because of our own discipleship, our own living is that peace of Christ. And so we, we are learning that we are rehearsing that if you will, in the, the liturgical life of the church, the, the, the prophets, the prophets talked about it. Peace and justice shall meet and shall, yeah. and shall kiss and justice shall rain down from the heavens. It's interesting, as you were saying that, Todd, I was just thinking like, you know, oftentimes, uh, I, even though we're in the Lenten season, it, you know, we only, it seems to me in my experience of church, we often just think about peace in Advent because we hear some of those prophetic stories or those those messages. And that peace is connected to the Advent and Christmas season. And, and, and rightly so, it, it certainly bolsters and, and um, helps us reflect on that a little bit differently. But we can't forget about it in the in the course of the rest of, of our lived experience of the Paschal mystery. Um, that's just the beginning of the story, if you will. And so even in this Lenten season, um, what does it mean? You know, we've talked about preparing for our, renewing our baptismal promises on, on the show. We've talked about other things. But all of that is ultimately about us being disciples, right? Yeah. And that being disciples is about building up the kingdom. And part of that kingdom is about the peace of God. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, the fulfillment of what God intended yeah. from the beginning, right, is 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 peace, not war, not division, not exactly, not injustice, not violence. Um, and and so when when we hear when we hear of, uh, of uh, like the call to pray for Ukraine, that, that that's that's very specific that's a very specific example of the need of the peace of Christ mm-hmm. for for which we pray throughout the whole liturgy so it, what what the pope has asked is nothing more than right than than nothing more than pray the liturgy and pray it hard and pray it genuinely and pray it consciously yeah. and deliberately um, and, and even to the listeners, to attune your ears to the prayers of the church in the Mass that beg for peace in the face of violence and peace in the face of war. Yeah, I, as you say that, uh, just I'm reminded of, and, and maybe our listeners are aware of this or maybe not, but if, if you open the Roman Missal and you're 
in the back of, of, of the missile where the mass is for various needs and occasions, there's a bunch of different categories back there. And there's, there's uh, two different uh, masses that are available for us as a church to pray. And one of those is in time of war or civil disturbance. And I was thinking about this the other day because there's there are two options for the collect um, in that. And the second one, um, for whatever reason, has been um, on my lips uh, as of late, of course. And so I would invite or encourage our listeners, if you can get your hands on a Roman Missal, <laughs> um, or ask your, your pastor if you can look at this prayer. Because I think, if because sometimes, I guess I'm getting at is, I don't always have the words, you know, that, that yes, I think yeah. should... But I can turn to the church's prayer and, and make that my private prayer sometimes. But it's also when we, we can pray these masses um, communally as well. A um, little easier in ordinary time to do that, of course. But, um, uh, but th these prayer texts, these collects, these opening prayers are great ways if you feel like you don't have the language or you're not sure how to, to begin that prayer. This is a good way to, to begin or to think about that. So I know it's not easily accessible uh, for everybody, but, but look it up. We can, uh, we can... Do you have that in front of you? I do, I do. What, so this is the second. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, can, I, I have it so in front this, of me as well. Okay, so it's the second collect, um, and, and both are beautiful, but this is the one that's been speaking to me, um, for in time of war or civil disturbance. It prays, O God, author and lover of peace, to know you is to live, to serve you is to reign. Defend against every attack those who cry to you, so that we who trust in your protection may not fear the weapons of any foe through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Oh my, amen. amen. Author and lover of peace. Not, not only are you the author of peace, not only are you the creator of peace, not only are you the giver of peace, but, but you, you are the lover of peace. To know you is to live, right? To to, yeah. to serve you is to reign, and and then and then the deliberate request, the very <laughs> the very focused request, defend against every attack those who cry to you, uh, Timothy. Yeah. I think I think of uh, we we are inundated with news and footage and video from Eastern Europe, where it, even today in twenty twenty two to still have the fear of nuclear annihilation even yeah. even now is almost almost unthinkable and and the footage the footage of the violence that's going on uh, to civilians not not just uh, not just uh, military but civilians and that line defend against every attack those who cry to you yeah. Well, and even in that first collect, it, 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 uh, another image, it talks about being, be pleased to banish violence swiftly from our midst and to wipe away all tears. Well, at least in news footage I've seen, I've certainly seen children, I've seen adults, families, mothers carrying their children in tears. Um, and then it says, so that we may all truly deserve to be called children, your children. Um, and what I have loved about as, as awful as the war is, what has been beautiful is to watch and to hear the stories of what's happening in Poland and Germany and other countries that are receiving the refugees or rece receiving those who um, are, are in tears, who are afraid, and they're opening up their homes, they're opening up. That is a sign or a witness of how we are living um, in a way that Christ calls us to live. Um, and that that we we can set aside our own selfishness, we can set aside our own needs and see the needs of our neighbor um, that that take precedent and that caring for loving and preserving the neighbor um, takes precedent. and that that has been a beautiful witness, yeah, that uh, hopefully can can continue by, by virtue of our baptism. <laughs> That, yeah. that is that is what we are called to. We're, we're going to have to take a break in just a, a minute or so here, Timothy. But look at look at the prayer over the offerings. So from that mass in time of war and civil disturbance, and look at some of the imagery for that prayer over the gifts. Be mindful, Lord, that your Son, who Himself is peace, peace. 
he is the lover of peace. His son, his son in and of himself is peace, yes. right? Uh, you have just destroy. He has destroyed our hatreds by his blood. Our, our hatreds. That, that, that is the root and the cause of all violence and all wars. Let's pick it up there when we come back from this first break. Stay with us. We're talking about the church's prayer for peace that is so needed in the world today. We'll be right back after these messages. that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible, free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. At Catholic Charities, we fight hunger in Chicago throughout the year. Our six regional offices in Cook and Lake Counties work together to offer sit-down and to-go meals to anyone in need. We deliver meals to those who are homebound, and our eight food pantries offer three to four days of food supplies based on household size. Participants in these programs have the opportunity to learn about other Catholic charity services that strengthen individuals, families, and their communities. The challenges for those dealing with food insecurity are especially great during the winter months. To learn how you can help those who are hungry in your neighborhood, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7525. That's 312-655-7525. Thank you for your generosity. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. We are talking about the liturgy as a prayer for peace. Uh, Timothy noted at the in the first segment of our show that uh, Pope Francis has called all, all people, not just Catholics, but all people, to pray for peace in Ukraine, to pray for Ukraine and the Ukrainian people. Uh, he called for uh, all churches to um, ring bells at noon on Ash Wednesday and the first Sunday <clears throat> of um, Lent, uh, and to fast for peace. Um, and and how if you don't have to look far yeah. to see 
that prayer for peace in the very, at the very heart of every liturgy we celebrate. Uh, Timothy, we were talking in particular about the, the Mass in time of war and civil disturbance. It's, a, it's, it's an official Mass texts given to us by the Church in the Roman Missal and um, kind of breaking those open. And right before that break, we were looking at the prayer over the gifts, the prayer over the offerings, um, and, and just how, how pointed and poignant these texts are, right? Um, uh, I, had, I had read it right before the break, but the, the prayer over the offerings for this Mass for, in time of war and disturbance, be mindful, Lord, that your Son, who himself is peace, has destroyed our hatreds by his blood. Look in mercy on our evil deeds and grant that to those whom you love, this sacrifice, this sacrifice we are celebrating right now, this sacrifice may restore peace and tranquility. We have... What what trust the church places in us... (laughs) That, that, that this, my sacrifice and yours, may, yeah. res- may restore peace and tranquility where it's needed in the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, this right here. This is our baptismal priesthood yes. that we are uniting, that my sacrifice and yours, just as you said. I mean, that what a striking line. And grant that to those whom you love, this sac- I mean, that's so powerful that this sacrifice may restore peace and tranquility, that we, just as you said, at the baptized are charged with the, the profundity of this prayer, um, that we unite our voice, our heart to that of Christ, so that we can pray, pray for this peace. I mean, that's pretty, pretty profound. It, 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 it is. It, it's pretty profound. And it's... Um... And it's just another reminder, and for our listeners, if we believe what we say we believe, and, and, and these texts in our Mass tell us what we believe, yeah. that this sacrifice, this, this prayer, this gathering of myself, letting myself be gathered into the body of Christ to pray the very prayer of Christ, has the power to change the world. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it really. Even during the break, Timothy, you and I were were talking, we're, we're touching base. L- look at the prayer after communion. For the mass in time of war and civil disturbance, and and look at what look at what it asks for. You have that in front of you. I do. Grant to us, O Lord that nourished with the delights of the one bread that fortifies the human heart. That's pretty strong. Yeah. We may successfully overcome the fury of war and resolutely keep your law of love and justice so that by, by not only partaking in the Eucharistic feast, but also remember that by sharing in the Eucharistic feast, we become that one body, Mm -hmm. that one bread for the world. So we have to, as a Christian community act differently. We we're demanded. We are called as we are sent forth so that our hearts have been fortified. We've been, nur- you know, think about fortifying, uh, uh, actually just, sorry, I, I don't mean to derail this, but this, that image just made me think of, the, there was a Carita Kent exhibit, uh, Sister Carita Kent, for those that don't know, um, she was a former sister of, of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in LA. She was a pop artist. And she, one of her famous pieces, she, she used to try to take pop cultural symbols like wonder bread or things like that and and tell the christian story and in the exhibit she has her her bread of life uh, which is this image of wonder bread and i thought of that because fortify oh is, yes is, that was the yes that was the the big big thing about wonder bread right that it was fortified with all these vitamins and minerals right well the the bread of life fortifies our heart our human heart um, so that we can overcome war with our love, successfully. with the justice that we successfully success, overcome. Successfully, <laughs> yes. It's it, yeah. The, the, it, the the very prayers that we pray remind us of 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 this need in the world. Yeah, that we may successfully overcome the fury of war and resolutely 
keep your law of love and justice. So, so the Pope's, the Pope's, the, you know, request, um, his, his pleading, his, in, in some ways mandating us, all we have to do, all we have to do is listen to the words of the, the mass itself and, and, and see how we, it already is a prayer for peace, a prayer in time of war and, and disturbance. And that's not the only mass, right? During the break, right, right. During the break we were looking at other ones. So uh, just again for the listeners, these are specific these are specific liturgies that can be prayed. There's, there's uh, right before the mass in time of war is a mass for the preservation of peace and justice. Um, and, and again, th- those texts can help us fulfill what the Pope has called us to do. Um, s- similarly, there's, there's a number of, of options for, for this one, Tim, uh, for the preservation of peace and justice. Uh, even, even those opening collects, look at them. Oh God, who have revealed that peacemakers are to be called your children. Grant, we pray, that we may work without ceasing to establish that justice which you alone, in, which alone ensures true and lasting peace. Peacemakers are to be called your children. <laughs> if, you are a child, if you are a child of God, you are to be a peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah, like it, building, building up, building up the kingdom. Yeah, and 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 what a, a perfect time in the season of Lent to consider those places in our lives where we have not successfully been peacemakers or living into this vision, to living into uh, what our baptism calls us. That we have an opportunity to recognize those those blind spots, if you will, and let them go to ask for forgiveness and reconciliation so that at that renewal of our baptismal promises, we come back to this, right? That, that we re um, connect with our baptismal identity, that we are peacemakers. We are those that build justice or uh, promote justice and, and build up a loving uh, community within our parish, within our homes, within our communities at large. Yeah. The, 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 that's that's our identity right our, yeah, our yeah. identity is to be peacemakers um and and it, i mean it's amazing to think of that that that's the call that's our responsibility whether whether there's a war going on elsewhere in the world or not exactly right? exactly right yeah it does not have to be as uh dramatic or traumatic as as that particular thing because it could be as i just said as simple as knowing that sometimes we are not peacemakers in our own homes um depending on sibling rivalry or if there's the unfortunate and, and, and terrible experience of abusive spouses um so what is our role as part of the community that we help build up a place because we do it at home we do it in our parish community and we do it in our larger community and, and worldwide. And one affects um, the other. They, 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 the are other all, they are all related. Yeah, they are all related. And, and this is something I've reflected on in my own life, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not great at it still, is it's easy when I hear prayers like this sometimes to think, oh, Catholic charities or Catholic Relief Services, they're doing such great work. And I, I, I forget my role in it because I make it someone else's responsibility yeah. in the church. Oh, they'll take care of that. It. They'll do it. They'll, they'll take, it. they'll take care of it. And, and so I will say, I mean, I'm admitting, like, I'm not always great at remembering this myself and I'll, you know, just kind of donate money to those that are doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing and, and praise God, they are doing that work because they're, they have a particular calling in, in, in to be in a place and a time of, of doing that wonderful work. But then again, I have to ask myself, what does that look like for me in this place, in this time and the location that I'm at in my life, in my family, in my parish, you know, you, yeah. you, you ask the question of, of yourself and, uh, and I think all of us, all, 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 even our listeners, am, am, am I a peacemaker in my family? Um, take that a little bit wider. Am I a peacemaker in my parish? So many parishes, yeah. so many parishes are struggling with their own divisions and their own factions. And, 
um, emerging yeah. parishes, right, where it's one site against the other. Here in, in Chicago and, and, yeah. and across, the, across dioceses in this whole country, parishes are, are merging, uh, our, our um, uh, parishes are, are be, you know, joining to become a new parish, and, and the need for peace in there is so strong as well. Yeah, so strong, and and would model in some ways when we can again set aside our own uh, what's the word like our own ideals, our own sort of self interest in that. And I think about this in because in, my home parish in Missouri, and I, I know I've talked a little bit about that. The Archdiocese of St. Louis is just beginning a process similar to what Chicago has been going through. Um, they're going to do a little differently, but they're going to have to start merging parishes. And my parents are in one of the oldest parishes in the Archdiocese. It also has very few people left in it. And will it be one of the ones closed? And what I've been trying to articulate to them as they're kind of wrestling through some of this is it's, it's while this is an important place for your identity, for your culture, which is true of all of the places in Chicago, right? I mean, I've visited many parishes where there's such a, a strong identity in those parishes. But when we can set aside some of that and come together and, and pray with these kinds of prayers or think about, well, what does it mean to be church in a different way? We begin to model then that peace, that love, that forgiveness, the tension. And sometimes it's not easy. That's, that's part of the Paschal mystery, right? right? Like we have to wrestle with these things. We can't be hating or angry, which is hard to say because that would be me. Um, but we have to keep that in mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> because then we model for the life of the world what the peace of God's kingdom looks like. Yep. We and can model what it looks like to live in harmony and community, um, even when there is some tension, when there's a discord, um, because we can work through it. We know that the liturgy invites us uh, to to reconcile to one another. It invites us to see one another as, as uh, baptized as people, yeah. people, as brothers and sisters. Exactly. Yep. We're going to pick it up exactly. there when we come back from this break. We're talking about the liturgy as a prayer for peace. We'll be right back. Stay with us for more Focus on the Liturgy after this. We are hiring. Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago is looking for mission-driven individuals who want to help make a positive difference in the lives of people in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. Be part of a diverse, talented team of professionals in the largest human services organization in the Midwest. We are dedicated to helping people chart a more stable, happier future for themselves, and we accompany anyone in need, regardless of faith, gender, race, or ethnicity. Competitive salaries and generous benefits add to the satisfaction you'll have every day knowing that you're helping us amplify our impact in Chicago. To see our list of employment opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. At Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men, of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773-935-3434 in Cook County and 
4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. If you are just joining us here in the second half of our show, this is Focus on the Liturgy here on WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship. And I'm Timothy Johnston in the Office of Worship in Washington. We are talking today about the the, the liturgy as a prayer of peace. Uh, and uh, we're looking at various mass texts uh, prayers that uh, that are available for us to uh, to pray. Um, we've been talking about the mass f- uh, in a time of war and civil disturbance. We've talked about uh, the mass for the preservation of peace and justice. Um, just one other one, Timothy, that I, I think the texts are so strong. What you're gonna just just before we move into that, I just want to note for the 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 prayer for, uh, the prayers for the preservation of peace and justice, which we just finished talking about, there are four options for collects. So if you're looking for those, just keep that in mind. So, but yes, let's let's turn and talk about the the uh, prayer for refugees and exiles. You mentioned it in terms of um, the images that we're seeing from uh, Eastern Europe uh, of. Um, people fleeing, um, mothers carrying their babies fleeing, families fleeing. Those are the faces. Those are the human faces for, for, for whom Pope Francis has asked us to pray, and in particular for whom this Mass, Mass for Refugees and Exiles, prays. Those, those are the people. Um, and and you, you see it, um, that, that the opening lines in that opening prayer in the Mass for Refugees and Exiles, I think is um, startling. O Lord, to whom no one is a stranger, and from whom, and from whose help no one is ever distant. The, the, we are never distant from the love and the help of the Lord. Um, look with compassion on refugees and exile. Look on those segregated persons and on lost children. Restore them, we pray, to a homeland. Restore them to their home, those who are forced to flee because of war right now. Yeah, this is a pretty, I just think about not only in our current circumstance, but over the last many, many years, I mean, since the beginning even of Pope Francis's pontificate, how adamant he has been in inviting us to care for the stranger, uh, to welcome refugees, because we, we've been hearing this over and over in, in stories from various countries around the world. And so, again, not just in the current context, which is extremely important, but think about all of those. But what a, yeah, like that's, a again, a powerful image to reflect on. And I love that very first line, to whom no one is a stranger. Yeah. No one on the face of the earth yeah. is a stranger to God, even if they, they may feel estranged or they may themselves be a stranger, like, like God is a stranger to them. God... They, they are, are not, not a stranger no, to God. That's no. the better way. Yeah, they <laughs> way are not a stranger that. to God. And and then even even that that last line of of that opening prayer, give us a kind heart for the needy and for strangers. 
give give us a kind heart. And so everything that you were talking about earlier, Timothy, the, and, and, and you have to admit, the outpouring of concern and support and money and goods, items yeah. that are needed, the outpouring of that, even in our own Archdiocese of Chicago, and I'm sure in, in your Archdiocese of Washington, has been, has been um, telling, right? But, but yeah. that, that's, what, that's what a kind heart looks like. Give us a kind heart for the needy and for strangers. Yeah, I, it made me think of the uh, the BBC. There was a story you know, maybe a week ago already that uh, they were interviewing. I can't remember if she was in Germany or if she was in Poland, but she was a survivor um, of World War II um, from one of the concentration camps. She was a young, young girl. So she's very, you know, certainly up there in age now. And they were interviewing her and they asked her why she opened up her house um, to refugees coming in. And she basically said, because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing oh to gosh. do. Yeah. And I, all I could think about in that experience was the, the pain and the suffering. I'm, I'm quite sure she endured in her experience in the concentration camp. Who knows who she lost or didn't lose, you know. And here she is in the face of something that probably in her lifetime she never thought this kind of violence would hit Eastern Europe again um, in, in this way and the threat of, of that. And she says it's the right thing to do. Why? Because... I think just because of this prayer, like she's embodying no one's a stranger and that give us a kind heart and the needy for those, those strangers, uh, uh, for the needy and for the strangers. Like she's not even Christian and she's embodying this prayer because she knows it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Somehow the living God has, has invited her to live out her humanity. And we have, here in in this country, here in Chicago, um, you on the East Coast, we have we have no sense of what that might be like, and and I just I wonder would I open up my home to strangers like that? W- would I open up my home to 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 those who yeah. were in need, um, and 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 who were fleeing? Yeah, and and what a, a great. Uh question. I, I've been asking myself the same thing. And, and my desire, of course, is, yeah, I would do totally do that. But I don't know if, if, if when push came to shove, would I be able to, yeah. um, you know, would I have the kind of support that I need? Would, and, and I don't mean to be overly cynical, but, you know, the little bit of even stuff we deal with in the United States, for example, which is nothing at all compared to, to what is going on in Ukraine, is we grumble. We're grumbling about grass, gas prices. We're grumbling about this. And we continue to forget Jesus, Mary, and Joseph at one point <laughs> in their life were these exiles. They were the refugees. They had to leave. And that's what we're confronted with. I'm confronted with all of us when that, that stranger comes and needs help. And, and I've shared on this show before that I'm not always good at recognizing that homeless person as the stranger or, you know, the, the person that Nor might approach me on the street. Nor am I. But, but the more that we can engage as a people in prayer and the liturgy, the more our hearts can be transformed um, to respond, to embody this kind of prayer. Yeah. Cause we aren't perfect. Right. And again, we're on this Lenten journey where, Hopefully that that conversion takes a little bit more root. Um, there's a little bit more um, day by day, year after year, as we we come back to this annual journey, um, moving toward the renewal of our baptismal promises that we might embody this. Oh my more. gosh! So let me ask you this, Timothy, and 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 I, I guess at the same time ask our listeners. So, given all of this, what will Holy like uh, Holy Week look like for you this year? Yeah, what what will Holy Week look like as we gather and we hear the Passion read, as we wash, you know, as as yeah. as we wash another's feet, as 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 we as we as we beg God in the Good Friday intercessions to establish peace, to protect all those who are, are, are in need and suffer violence and, and suffer war. Let's pick it up there. Let's, let's focus a little bit on Holy Week when we come back from these 
messages. Stay with us for more Focus on the Liturgy right after this. Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Services help veterans find and maintain employment through job readiness training, resume writing assistance, mock interviews, and job placement counseling. We work with a wide array of employers and community partners to help veterans reach their career goals. We owe a debt of gratitude to all of our veterans for the sacrifices they made to serve our nation. It is our privilege now to assist them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Program in Cook County, call 773-808-2954. In Lake County, call 847-782-4219. You can also learn more at catholiccharities.net. To all United States veterans, thank you for your service. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back to this final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. We've been talking about the liturgy as a prayer for peace. Um, Timothy, that certainly does give us the map for this Lenten season this year. Uh, uh, that 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 journey that you spoke about at the very beginning of the show is marked by this need for the for us to pray, to pray hard, to pray like our lives depend upon it, because in many ways it does, <laughs> this prayer for peace, that, that is the yeah. liturgy. Right? And, then, so, and so if that's, if that's the roadmap uh, that Pope Francis has given us for this year, what, is, what will Holy Week look like in our parishes this year? Um, so much, of, so much of, of the liturgies of Holy Week are focused on what we've been talking about all hour. You know, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about Holy Thursday and the washing of feet and how, how mm -hmm. kind of how, 
how much more profound that can be this year with this in our minds, the need the need to care for our brothers and sisters who are refugees, who are who are, are, are uh, suffering violence, who are suffering war, the 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 washing of another's foot, right? And and even that whole that whole uh, just the whole aura of of Holy Thursday. Yeah, I I was definitely thinking of the same thing, and what will be interesting to see how things unfold, whether it be in in the places that I will be, I'll be with the Cardinal here in in Washington, of course, but I think with the washing of the feet, it's so connected to that scripture passage, uh, the gospel and the preaching. And so if, if you're part of the preparations for these celebrations, be very intentional um, and help build the bridge between what we're talking about here and how these liturgies unfold um, in that sense, because you're right, um, that that washing of the feet can be a really profound. I mean, we hear in John's gospel, um, you know, certainly the mandatum, but it, this love one another. Yeah. Um, I, I often think of Michael Jonkis' song, um, I'm not going to forget it, uh, Oh, I forgot it, so I won't <laughs> sing it for you. But, but he, uh, no, no greater love. There is no greater love, says the Lord. So he takes yeah. that out of John's gospel, right. and, and that that to lay down one's life for a friend, for that stranger we just talked about, for the neighbor, uh, for a family member, and the mandatum models that in some way that we are at the service of our neighbor. As I have done, so you should do. Right, the the the, yeah. the the mandatum, the command, do what I have done. Yeah, and and to think about this, so all of this is framed the beginning of our Triduum experience. Um, so we start, of course, Holy Week with Palm Sunday, but that Holy Thursday liturgy, the entrance antiphon in the Missal, which I think is a profound thing yes. to reflect on because it frames the whole three days. That from uh, quoting from Galatians or paraphrasing from Galatians that we should glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation life and resurrection through whom we are saved and delivered that frames everything that we profess in a, in a sense in that baptismal renewal right we do glory on the cross of christ because it has saved us from sin and death and then that collect i think sheds light on what we're going to do in that that mandatum that what we are celebrating here, that, that we're celebrating this, that Christ is handing himself over, celebrating this banquet of love is the image that's the, used, that we may draw from so great a mystery, the fullness. So from this Eucharistic sharing, from the Paschal mystery itself, that we may draw the fullness of charity and of life. And that ties into everything we just talked about in the first parts of the show. Yes. That, that we're, because of our participation in this, this uh, liturgy, especially the Triduum, in the mystery of God himself, that we might share in the fullness of charity, not just being happy and nice. The fullness of charity is making sure refugees and exiles have a place of shelter and food. It means loving in a profound and deep way as Christ loved, what we're going to show in that mandatum. Yeah. Um, it isn't that, and that's hard. It is hard. I think I've shared this on the show before. I used to tell my high school students all the time, the hardest thing you're ever going to do in your life is to take up your cross and to follow Jesus Christ. That's the hardest yep. thing you're ever going to do. Because and, of what it, and to do because it of what it demands of us, because of what and it demands, what it demands of us, and and yeah. and um and and what it calls us to, you know, and then and then you think for um the uh, the intercessions on Good Friday, which are which are are unique, right? To to we only pray them this way on this day, uh, but that that the extended um, universal prayer. Uh, where, where we pray for, we pray for, we pray for the whole world. We pray for everyone. Um, we pray for the church. We pray for ourselves. We pray for those who don't believe in Jesus. We pray for those who don't believe in God. We pray for, and in a particular way, we pray for those who are in need. Yeah. I was just thinking, um, 
the last two uh, are very specific. You know, the last two, the first that first one of that is for those in public office, and so we pray for not only those in the United States that are in public office, but those around the world. We keep that in mind. Um, you know anybody and everybody that they, you know, let us pray for all those in public office that our God and Lord may direct their minds and hearts according to his will for the true peace and freedom of all. Yeah. So we, for the true, we put everybody in there, uh, not just, you know, our favorite public leaders, everybody gets prayed for in that, in that (laughs) sense. And that final one for those in tribulation, you know, let us pray dearly beloved to God, the father almighty, that he may cleanse the world of all errors, that baptismal imagery, cleanse, banish disease, drive out hunger, unlock prisons, loosen fetters, granting to travelers safety to pilgrims return, health to the sick, and salvation to the dying. Every, everyone so any, who's in, right? Yeah, everyone in need. All tribulation. Comforter of so, uh, and then and then the 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 collect for that intercession. Almighty, ever living God, comfort of mourners, strength of all who toil. May the prayers of us, may the prayers of those who cry out in any tribulation, come before you, that all may rejoice, because in their hour of need. Your mercy was at hand. The world's hour of need is now. In, yeah. in, in so many ways. Um, in so many. That his mercy may, may be at hand. And we have a responsibility in that. Yeah. And in, in, in on a very practical level, because of, because of the profundity of that responsibility, again, if, if you're a listener who is responsible for any preparations of these liturgies, these need careful attention of whether they're spoken, whether they're chanted, the silence, you know, the let us kneel, let us stand, like, let there be time for people to pray, because the whole world is hurting in, in a way individually we might be having a tribulation of some sort within our family within our parish whatever it might be and it is in that silence where we meet the living god as a community of faith it's where we can offer that prayer and if we're just standing kneeling standing kneeling and there's not time to digest those the words depths of what yes. these, these words then we're going to miss out on that um or it's not going to be as maybe this is more selfish on my part because I would like more time taken for these prayers (laughs) because they are so rich. And there is, as Todd just said, there's so much that the world needs prayer for and that these are our highest holy days. So let's, let's do it. Let's do it right. Let's do it well. um, in one voice. So that at that one moment during the vigil or Easter Sunday morning, when we renew our baptism in which we were first claimed for Christ in the waters of the font to be his disciples, to be the peacemakers that by, by which his children are known. That's, that's what we will be renewing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. So, so as, so as, as we, as we end the show here, um, that call that Pope Francis has given us, um, to pray for, to be mindful of, uh, to storm heaven, as you said earlier, uh, for the needs of all who are suffering in this war, for the whole world, as as you said, Timothy, that is that needs the peace of Christ so desperately. Um, and and remember that 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 is a peace that the world cannot give. That that is exactly a, that is a peace that only Christ can give. Yeah, exactly. I have a few final just kind Please. of notes or suggestions. One is we all know famously St. Francis um, and his prayer for uh, the peace prayer, right? I want to offer an idea or suggestion for the remainder of our Lenten season and even through Easter is go onto YouTube and there is a litany of, it's called Litany of Peace. It's by Barbara Bridge and she takes the words of St. Francis. It's a beautiful meditative litany. God of love, your gift of peace is planted deep within our hearts. And let 
those words become your prayer as well. That's one one um, suggestion. Another suggestion is, um, and, and, and Todd, you might laugh at me, but Saint Norbert um, is an apostle of peace, and we don't hear much about so apostle of the Blessed Sacrament and of peace. Let's with him, with Saint Francis, with so many others. Um, let us ask for their intercession when we are gathering for prayer, um, and, and, and because they worked so hard to build peace. Let that um, in, mark in the world. Let that mark our Lenten journey. Until next yeah. month. Until next month. God bless everyone. Take care. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.